my faith and my family. Those are the, the most important things to me. If I'm happy in my marriage, if I'm happy in my family life and in my spiritual life, no matter what comes my way, everything sort of falls into place. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Have you ever asked God to send you a sign? Just a little signal that you're going in the right direction, or maybe a big red warning sign when you're not? Whether we see them every day or not, God has a way of showing up and showing His love for us in the simple things and in the complex things of life. Whether it's beautifully composed song that brings tears to your eyes, or the faithful wagging tail of a beloved canine companion, God has a way of delighting us by filling our world with little signs every day of His love and care for us. And if we stay on the lookout for these signs, we'll begin to see His presence much more clearly. Harry Connick Jr. recognizes the power of music and loves to use his talent for singing, writing, and performing to bring joy to others. And now, through a new collection of gospel songs, he's sharing the faith that has carried him through the ups and downs of his life. Squire Rushnell and Louise Duart are the authors of the best-selling books God Winks and now a brand new book called Dog Winks that tell the true stories of how God has used our canine companions to show his love for us in simple and profound ways. Let's start with Harry's story. When I was a kid, I thought the biggest dream in the world came true when I first got on stage at my dad's opening of his campaign headquarters when I was five years old. I thought that was it. I thought, if I can play on the back of this flatbed truck and make these people happy playing the national anthem, I'm in good shape. And I had so many influences growing up, starting with my mother and my father, And then when you factor in all of the incredible musicians that I played with in New Orleans, all of the traditional jazz musicians and all of the men and women who were playing down there, it really shaped where I was going. So I feel really lucky to have been from New Orleans and had an opportunity to play growing up down there. I played music that was tough, and I had teachers and mentors that were really good at it. They were a lot better than I was. So... It kept me motivated in addition to my own kind of love of music. I couldn't really keep away from it. It was just something that that I loved doing more than anything else. So I probably should have spent a little bit more time on my schoolwork. But for me, it was music 100% of the time. Growing up in New Orleans, I, I always wanted to have a career in music and in the entertainment business. But I didn't really know how that was going to happen. So when I started to get into my mid-teens, I decided I wanted to move to New York and sign a record deal with Columbia Records. So I did. I moved to New York from New Orleans when I was 18. I signed with Columbia when I was 18 or 19. I made a couple of albums. And then everything changed when I was offered the opportunity to work on the soundtrack to a film called When Harry Met Sally. When I did that, everything changed. I went from being an artist that a few people knew, to an artist that a lot more people knew. And it really gave me the opportunity to kind of expand my musical dreams. It really kind of expedited the process because I had a lot of opportunity to play in concerts with different types of musicians and in different formats, and it really kind of put me on a creative fast track. Well, as all of that was going on, I had done plays in high school, and I knew that acting was something that I wanted to pursue as well. So I did a movie called The Memphis Bell when I was, I think, 20 or 21. And then I continued to do more film and TV projects as time went on because I really 
loved it. it for me, it was a, a, another way to be artistically fulfilled. And then came Broadway uh, in 2001. And since then, I've done a number of shows on Broadway and a number of films and television. So it's been a diverse career, but all things that are thrilling to me and give me a great sense of fulfillment. I've always been someone who really wanted to try as many things as possible. I, I really love life. I love living life. I love, this sounds a little strange, I guess, but I love the potential to fail. I like taking risks. I like the potential to succeed more, but I don't mind failing. So I've tried everything from sculpting to painting, all kinds of different artistic things. I don't think we would be having this interview if I were here for my sculpting or my painting uh, because I'm not very good at it, but they're all things that require me to be artistic and I like anything like that. So I, I think even though I didn't know specifically what I was going to be doing when I got older, I knew that it would be, you know, different facets of the entertainment industry. I've had some tough times in my life. The toughest was when my mom died when I was 13. That was a, a real test, knowing that that was kind of part of God's plan. That's not to say I think that God gives anyone diseases or causes natural disasters. My personal belief is we are human beings and we are susceptible to disease and tragedy and natural disasters. And I didn't really understand how that could be a part of my life at that age. And I really had to hold on to my faith and believe that this is what's supposed to happen. I'm going to try to accept this as gracefully as I could. Now, those were high ideals. I, I wasn't able to do that, you know, at 13 years old. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer about seven and a half years ago. That was another incredible test of my faith. I feel like my faith has passed that test every time. And when that happens, it deepens just a little bit more. And like I was saying to my dad last night, my dad will be 95 this month, it's something that grows. And although he's been a man of faith his entire life, I think his faith is even deeper now. And I'm seeing how that works. I'm a work in progress, I'm imperfect. I have a long way to go. So I feel like my purpose is to try, quotes around the word, try to be the best person that I can be every day. I don't always succeed, but if I can continue to try to emulate what I believe to be true, I think that's my most powerful way of getting the message of my faith across. This pandemic really did force all of us to live our lives differently than we have before. And I started thinking, what album would I do right now if I could? A gospel album is an album that I, that I wanted to do for years and years, but I never sat down to do it. I've sung gospel songs on stage for years. I grew up playing spirituals, but I never really decided to press the button and, and officially make a gospel album. So as I'm at home, I'm sitting in my home studio. I have all these instruments. I have all these songs like, you know, Amazing Grace and Because He Lives, How Great Thou Art. And I'm like, 
The only thing I don't have is a recording engineer, but how hard can that be? Boy, I figured out how hard that was. And then I started recording some of these songs and I played all of the instruments. I started with piano most of the time. And then I would add bass or drums or trumpet, guitar, percussion, synthesizers, electric keyboards, and the song would slowly start to grow. Well, as I was recording those traditional spirituals, I started thinking about how I was feeling every day. I mean, one day I might have woken up and somebody I knew had died, or you know, I saw a story on the news about the hospital cleaning staff, you know, who put themselves at risk every day to make our lives easier or whatever it was. I started thinking about those things. And because this wasn't kind of an acute tragedy, it was, it was stretched out over months and months, I really had a chance to kind of think about things in a calm way and, and do some deep introspection about the spectrum of faith uh, that is part of my experience. So I wrote a song, and then I wrote another song, then another song. The song that I wrote, Alone With My Faith. Alone with my faith, what I know is true, what gives me assurance when I don't know what to do. I don't have all the answers, but I have always known. I'm eternally faithful, so I am never alone. I wrote those words because they meant something to me and they really did help me as I was singing them. And my, my wish is that the people who listen to the record will gain some of the same sense of comfort that I got from singing it. But I got to tell you, I'm not so sure that this album would exist had it not been for this pandemic. And so in, in many ways, as much as we've all experienced tragedy I really feel that I've been blessed for all of the silver linings that have come my way. These are troubling times. No matter what you believe, spiritually, politically, you, you can't deny that these are turbulent times. I think we can all agree on that. And the lyrics of these songs really did help me get through and continue to help me get through these tough times. My faith is what continues to get me through these tough times, but I just thought about how complex it is and how it's a gift, I think, from God to really compel us to want to communicate with Him. I really believe in the power of prayer. We've all experienced loss. We've all been frustrated, confused. We've all been scared. I've prayed a lot. Recording this music was a form of prayer for me where I could close my eyes and really kind of sink into the lyrics that I was singing. And I truly believe that the power of prayer works. There's somebody in my life who said, don't say you're going to pray for me because I don't like that. And I respect everybody's opinion, but if somebody says, hey, I'll pray for you, I take that to heart. 
And when I tell somebody, I'll send some prayers your way, or I'm going to pray for you, I really mean that. Prayer is keeping that line open with God for me, you know. I believe He's listening, and I believe that He'll answer us in ways that He thinks they should be answered. It may not be what we expect. Sometimes we may get a no, but it's okay. I'm okay with it. Prayer is important to me, and I believe in it. You can find Harry's new gospel album, Along With My Faith, wherever music is sold. Stay tuned to Squire Rushnell and Louise Duarte's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Jesus Calling is back for Season 2 of the TV show, Jesus Calling Stories of Faith, which premieres on May 18th. This season is hosted by Susie McIntyre-Eaton and features so many wonderful stories from artists, celebrities, sports figures, and more. You won't want to miss these real-life stories from people like football legend Kurt Warner, country superstar Reba McIntyre, worship singer David Crowder, and beloved coach Tony Dungy, and many more. Tune in every Tuesday and then again on Sunday starting May 18th on Circle TV. For more information on how to get the show via cable or on streaming devices, visit circleallaccess.com. Our next guests are New York Times bestselling authors of the Codwinks series, Squire Rushnell and his wife, Louise Duarte. Squire is the veteran ABC television network executive who led Good Morning America to the number one spot. And Louise is known as one of the world's greatest comedic impressionists, having starred in several Broadway productions. Together, they've coined the term Godwink, a seemingly coincidental moment when it's obvious that God is working in your life. Their newest book, Dogwinks, shares true accounts of astonishing Godwink moments that involve our canine companions, showing that God can work miracles in the lives of even the smallest creatures. Hi, I'm Squire Rushnell, the author of Godwinks, the Godwink guy, and this is my wonderful wife. Louise. So Squire and Louise, known as Squeeze. Squeeze. Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> uh. Too cute. <laughs> when I was in sixth grade and I wanted to be a radio announcer, and from that moment on, I walked around with a broom handle sawed off and talking like David Brinkley. So I was 
focused. And I do believe that God plants the desires in our heart. And if we just get on the highway heading for where we believe our destiny is, there will be signs from God all along the way, divinely aligned people that he puts us in connection with. And those signs are the things that I call Godwinks. And of course, long before becoming a Godwink guy, I became a schoolhouse rock guy. I was at ABC for 20 20 years, and I happened to be in charge of children's television, and we started uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Conjunction, junction, what's, what's your, your function? function? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I was in television for about 40 years and then decided to become an author. And the Godwink books have now taken on a life of their own. So my career actually started in my bedroom because I used to watch The Carol Burnett Show and I loved it so much. And so I, when other little girls were pretending to be princesses and I was pretending to be Carol Burnett and I was doing sketches with an imaginary Tim Conway and Harvey Corman, I would always say, please God, I just want to meet Carol Burnett and work with Tim and Harvey, please God. And years later, You see, God listens to the prayers of little kids. We may forget our prayer, but God never does. Years later, I went to Los Angeles. I started working in television through the grace of God, you know, God wink after God wink. And I was doing a variety show. And I was so thrilled when the script came to me and it says, Louise plays the part of Carol Burnett. I did this impression. And the next day, my phone rings. I pick it up and I hear, hi, Louise. This is Carol Burnett. <laughs> Listen, I just saw you do an impression of me, and I thought it was a hoot. And I would love to meet you. Well, I could oh, not okay. believe it. This prayer was about to come true. So the next week, I drive to the studio where she was, her office was, and I'm saying, please, God, don't let me cry. Please, God, don't let me cry when I see her. And when I got to the end of the hallway, I see her. And all of a sudden, I just, you know, broke down in tears. She started crying. We hugged each other. We spent the day together. It was the greatest day of my life. When they asked me to speak at Women of Faith, I went on tour with them for a year. Squire, I would would literally be sick, like physically ill, because I I was the last one on the whole weekend. So there were people like Sandy Patty and, and Nicole C. Mullen and... I mean, all these greats, these great speakers, and I was going to be last, and they were so incredible, and I would be so inspired by them, and then, you know, the reality would hit, you're going to be up, you know, tomorrow, (laughs) it's it's going to be your turn, and you're not going to be able to follow these people, and so Squire would pray with me, and so it was two weeks before I was supposed to speak, I didn't have a speech, I said, God, what do you want me to do, and as clear as day, I want you to talk about when you were in that dark place, and how I brought you out of it. Well, I had gone through a terrible, terrible betrayal. I had a husband of 20 years that left me for another woman and then sued me for alimony. So I said, oh God, I can't, how to forgive the betrayer. So I told my story for the first time. What happened was I saw everyone like, it was like, 15,000 women in these auditoriums. And all of a sudden I see them and women would say, you're telling my story. You're telling my story. Thank you for sharing that story. It was remarkable because I really did forgive this man. And see, the thing is, when I forgave this man, 
look who God had waiting in the wings. Because Squire gave me my first job in television. My first job. And it was years later that we ended up getting married. So God had a plan and a purpose the whole time. Yes. I was always fascinated with coincidence. And there was a time when I did studied uh, history books. I, I was just hungry for history books, the personalities in history. I was fascinated with the personalities of Benjamin Franklin and, and Thomas Jefferson and all of these guys. But Adams and Jefferson both died in 1826 on the same day. And the day was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. They died on July 4th. Now, that, that is an amazing factor in history. And I, I just thought, wow, is that a God thing? I mean, you wouldn't call that a coincidence, would you? And I was always bothered by the fact that coincidence, you look it up in the dictionary and it says, two unusual events which come together without apparent cause. Well, what eventually became a Godwink, filling the space in the language of the word Godwink, it has a cause. It's two amazing things happening, but the cause is divine. So I didn't realize it, but when the, I first used that word, when that word came into my mind and I thought, wow, well, that's a kind of a fun word. There's no word in our language for answered prayer. And so they would have their prayer answered instead of saying the whole sentence, they'd say, hey, I just had a God wink. Mm -hmm. And so and so that's how the word has now gone into the language into popular use. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny you say God means so. So today my sister-in-law sends me something from Jesus calling. She had no idea we were going to meet with you. Yeah. But, but she put in you know, it was all about how God wants to give us joy physically and emotionally and spiritually. And, and I said, oh, you're not going to believe this, Kath. I said, here's a God wink. So, I mean, there you go again. Every day there's something. Yeah. You just have to open your eyes and see it. We have a new book called Dog Winks, True God Wink Stories About Dogs and the Blessings They Bring. A dog wink is a woof of hope. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, God uses everything. And so often with God wings, he'll use flowers, you know, birds or dogs, or, you know, someone will be, will be thinking about a mother they had just lost and just grieving over it and coming home after a funeral and saying, you know, my, my mother always loved roses. And then it's in the winter, one red rose is there. It's like a beautiful message from above saying, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm taking care of everything. So that's what a God wink is. And a dog wink is simply God using that vessel to just love us through them. Yeah. And if you think about it, God and dogs is one of the same attributes. Dogs are faithful. God is faithful. And, and <laughs> they're not only faithful, but they're in the moment. They love you unconditionally. You can be gone for a month. And, and when you come back, they're just so happy to see you. They're not mad at you. They're just so happy to see you. You know, I just love how God uses everything in nature. He uses everything. He's sovereign. So if he's sovereign, he will use everything, even dogs. And I think people love this book because people have a special place in their heart for a dog that gives us unconditional love. I love the idea that God picked out this kid in a little hick farm town in northern New York 
and to, to plant the idea. And I never feel as though any book that I've written or we've written together, six of which we've written together now, but I never feel as though we've written those books. I just feel as though we've written them down. Sometimes our lives, and so many of us, and I've felt this way, where you feel like your life is just jumbled, like a jigsaw puzzle thrown on the dining room table and none of the pieces go together. And you say, God, where is this ever going to fit? But you know, when you look at the picture on the box of the jigsaw puzzle, it all fits together perfectly. That's how God sees our life from a different angle. He sees every piece fitting together perfectly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to make this journey that we call life, that he can bless us and teach us and encourage us through good times and bad times, through the storms and through the peaceful times. So I look at everything that's happened in my life. We look back at it and we say, Lord, thank you for everything because it drew us closer to you and we have a clearer understanding of how much you truly love us. We pray all the time, and uh, and that is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. But what we also did is we started analyzing the answered prayers. They were amazing. They, they were our prayers seemed to be answered more. It's very logical that if you have a conversation daily with uh, with your own earthly mother or father or children or boss or neighbor. The more conversation that you have on a regular basis, the better your relationship. So it stands to reason that if we have a great conversation and relationship every day with our Father in heaven, He's going to be listening to us as much as we're listening to Him. So what our prayer is, is for other people to understand how important it is to come before our Father every day. Because, you know, He so longs to talk with us. And and oftentimes we talk to Him, but we don't listen. (laughs) We have to talk to Him, but we also have to just be still and listen to that voice inside of us because that Holy Spirit voice is going to tell us. He's going to direct our steps all along our path. Yeah. To learn more about Squire, Louise, and the Godwinks series, including the newest book, Dogwinks, please visit godwinks.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about how God shows His love and care for us, check out our interview with Bradley Walker. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with Dr. Don Wilton, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina, who talks about his longtime friendship with Dr. Billy Graham and the lasting impact their Saturday morning visits have had on his life. To describe the impact of Mr. Graham on my life is almost impossible for me to do. Mr. Graham didn't just talk to me about how to live. He showed me up close and personal. He enabled me to see my own life in a fresh way. He challenged me at the deepest level of my soul spirit. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.